0: Welcome to episode one of Chasing Geek, your weekly, uh, let's call it a digest of goings-on in geek culture. I am Naito Voa, and I'll be with you every week, um, kind of aiming for a Wednesday-Thursday typically. This one's gonna be a little different, because it's the first one, and actually, I already did one of these, and I I didn't like it, so I got rid of it, so there you go. Um, you're saved from listening to, you know, an hour's worth of rambling, so, um, we got a couple different topics to get started on. Just to give you kind of a quick thing, um, you can always catch my writing at geek Tyrant and gametyrant.com now. Game Tyrant is live. Um, if you ever want to see that, of course, you can hit me up on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Night of Oa, um, and that'll be the same place where, you know, updates for this show are. Um, I write for Geek Tyrant. This isn't really – this is kind of on my own little side project um, just because, well, I kind of just wanted something where if I wanted to talk about – games or board games cool if i want to talk about comics fine if i wanted to talk about wrestling Hey, who cares? It's my show. We can talk whatever I want. <laughs> so if I see them on the Food Network and, you know, I see something about, you know, Anthony Bourdain or Ace of Cakes or whatever, it doesn't matter. I can talk about it. So um, that's kind of why. Um, so we'll be doing this weekly. And uh, of course, if, um, you know, you have suggestions or topics you ever want to talk about, um, I'll set up an email address and that'll be in the show notes and everything. And I would love to hear from you guys. Um, but for this one, of course, we always talk about uh, things that are... I will, in the end of the show, I'll kind of go into a little thing of like what I've been playing. Um, That'll be in the quick hits. Right now, though, it's time for Lightning Rods. Alright, so the first thing we wanted to get to, um, last week, there was a big hubbubaloo about uh, voice actors and their union um, possibly going on strike. Now, they haven't gone on strike yet. A lot of people have already written pieces on it. Um, I was even thinking of doing it, and then, well, I decided to talk about it instead. Um, My biggest thing here is right now, because we don't know everything, actually the employers, the companies themselves, haven't said anything uh, as part of a supposed media blackout. All we've heard from is you know the actors side of it the union side of it uh, we've also heard some thoughts from developers just from stuff that's kind of out there right now but nothing official um, and the biggest thing is will wheaton has posted a blog posts and uh, there have been a couple twitter threads that you can find i'll put some links to those in the show notes um kind of saying why, stating why they, you know, voice actors are going, possibly going on strike and why they should be compensated the way they are proposing. Here's my two cents on this. Um, I have a couple of things. If you read, and I'll put the show notes in the show notes, uh, the article, uh, there's actually about five or six now. The thing is, there are kind of three points that are being debated. One is that the union and the voice actors want safeguards in place Which makes total sense because one of the things they bring up, right, when they're doing VO, you know, it can be for a variety of things. So if someone has to go in there and the the topic that keeps coming up is like if someone has to go in and scream for like two hours and they're having to do all these yells and grunts and all these loud things, that takes a strain on your voice as it, you know, as you think it would. Um, And then they have to do that for, you know, multiple days in a row And there's nothing in place right now that allows them to say, hey, whoa, I need to rest my voice because and this is one of the things that Will Whedon actually is illustrated really well um, in his blog post. And uh, I'll link to that. But he talks about, you know, this is not just a two hour thing, right? So you go in for um, the job and when all is said and done, you've been speaking, screaming, Uh, narrating whatever for, you know, five or six hours, your voice is spent. And a lot of these people, this is not their only job. You know, they have multiple, you know, multiple irons in the fire, so to speak, like most people do. And so that doesn't allow you to Work Like, that day is shot for you. You know, I mean, if you were, I mean, let's face it. If you were on the phone all day and you had to constantly be in conversation, just normal conversation with somebody, your voice might be a little tired. Now, add to that all the, you know, oh, my God, I'm running for an explosion or it's an alien invasion or it's a horror thing and I'm screaming or whatever. You add all that to it and you do that for hours and hours and hours and that's going to one Um, It could, you know, hurt you. I mean, singers do this all the time. Singers take so many precautions with their voice because that is their instrument. That is their craft. And if they can't sing, then they can't make money. They can't make a living. And it's the same way with these actors, these voice actors. A lot of them are actors, like, full-on, you know, movie actors and and TV actors and things like that on, like, for their full-time job. And they kind of do this on the side. Some do this full-time. That's fine. But a lot of people don't. And they can't work if their voice is shot from a supposed two-hour thing. So I totally get that. And there needs to be um, safeguards in place for that. They need to be able to take breaks. Right now, also, one of the other things is that there's a lot of, like, uh, small fines. And I say small in, you know, I mean, if it's half your paycheck, that's not small. But there's a lot of fines in place that the studios can, you know, and can basically just tack on for, Things that are completely subjective, you know, you're not paying attention or they're not fully invested or they're not giving it their all, they're distracted. There's all these right now on the, you know, in the proposals from the studio side, there's these things of like they can just tack on fines. And it's just ridiculous. Like, no, you can't do that. You can't. That's not that's not fair. Um, So, of course, you know, the union doesn't like that either. The other thing is that right now um, for the studios, they're proposing that if well, actually they're fighting for if an actor um right now you know if an actor chooses let's say will wheaton there's a project that comes up uh his agent says hey do you want to audition for this he says no i'll pass that is his right one and it's also subjective to whatever he feels if he passes because he thinks the game's garbage that's fine. If he passes because it's with a company that he's worked with in the past and doesn't want to work with again, if it's just due to time limitations, he doesn't have time to take on something else, or he just period doesn't want to, that is his prerogative and no one, no company can tell him that he has to. And right now that is actually something that's on the table and to a lot of these actors that's actually the most important thing. We'll get to the other more publicized aspect here in a minute, but that's kind of one of the more important ones and the safeguards in place, because they they want to be a part of these games. They want to keep doing what they've been doing. They love what they do. The thing is, they should have some things in place where they can, you know, make sure that they can protect their voices, and there's nothing wrong with that. I feel like that's very archaic to not have some kind of policy in place for them to be able to approach somebody and say hey I you know we need to figure this out because right now I'm straining. It's 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 a lot of strain here Can we you know I mean right now they can't do anything like right now? It's either you do it or you don't and that's no not not for these You know these projects typically you have a lot of ones that of course that are kind of one and done But you have a lot I mean, these games right like Dragon Age let's take the dialogue in that game one like let's take Dorian's dialogue in that game. He didn't go in the the actor didn't go in and record it in a day. That didn't happen, right? Most likely anyway. I, I can't 100% say that it didn't happen, but probably didn't because of just the sheer amount of dialogue that is in that game, right? So, they need to be able to have some sort of policy in place for them to protect their instruments, which is their voices. Um the other more publicized aspect of this which is funny cuz from reading articles and reading quotes from different people is is actually the most the least important to the voice actors it's kind of seems like it's there for the union to be able to push the envelope a bit and have some sort of i don't know bargaining chip to be able to take off the table as a sign of like hey we're going to get rid of this kind of like right now a lot of people think that the those fines Um, from the studio side or or the same thing but this one is the residual payments right so right now they have it in there their proposal is that for every once a game hits two million units at that point a bonus payment would be paid to the voice actors and would be one of three other tiers up to and the max is eight mil so basically two mil you would get a bonus payment Four mil, you get another one. Six mil, another, eight mil, the last one. And it can't go above eight, right? So if a game sells ten million copies, you get your four bonus payments, and then that's it. Um to me the biggest problem with that, I don't I don't have a problem with like bonus um payments or bonus um I can't think of the right word, but I don't have a, a problem with agreements like that being put into a contract. That's fine. My thing though is I don't like it being a flat rate, so I don't like the fact that you know one size does not fit all when it comes to game budgets and to games, right? And yes, they have that two million sold allotment there to protect, as they have said, to protect smaller games, smaller budgets, things like that. What we're not talking about that. What we're talking about is these AAA titles that a lot of times sell two million, right? They'll sell above two million units. One, that doesn't necessarily mean they're profitable. Two, if they are profitable, it's still very slim. And if there's... My biggest problem with it is that if there's going to be bonus payments allotted, right, that needs to go to the developers. With as shittily... And I apologize for language there. um, But for as bad as it seems (laughs) the life of a developer can be at certain companies, these people... I mean, you've heard the the horror stories about... Crunch time on titles, especially delayed titles or, or big budget holiday titles, these things for like a month, a month and a half, two months go into crunch time and crunch time is not, oh, let's stay, let's stay late a couple nights in a row and get it done. That's not how it is here because you're dealing with something on this biggest scale. It's let's sleep at the office families some like teams and some companies actually have the families like basically live there with them so they can see them like it's like ridiculous right because these people never go home and they're running on fumes for weeks and months to try and get these things done and then on top of that a lot of times you know i mean you've heard the you know every seems like every month there's either another studio closing or it's shifting or they're laying off a bunch of people and another team gets let go and and yeah other companies kind of it's this weird cycle and and this kind of a lot of times depressing cycle of you know 150 people get let go okay well six companies pretty much go and like swallow all those people so yeah they have jobs but you know it's just this there's no security in this line of work and just sadly that's the way the industry is right now um but these people need to have bonus payments i have a pro i have a problem with i guess i i understand the the skills that voice actors have and especially in the games that i like to play it is above appreciated like i i cannot say enough good things about what voice actors do? The, the games I like to play are all about story. They're all about narrative, and they're all about the characters that the last once you've finished the credits. and And I get, it. I I want that. I want more of that, and I feel like they should be more than fairly compensated. And if there is incentive programs and things like that, I, I'm totally fine with that. But not at the expense of. You know, especially for, I mean, it's a little ludicrous. I'm sorry for the for the time of work that goes into voice acting, for them to get bonus payments when you know, like you know it. No one said it outright, but you know that these developers and these teams don't get that. They don't get that, and they're worried about the next project. Because at the in the end of the day, they almost just want to keep their jobs, right? They don't even care about bonus payments. They just want to make sure they have a job. And another game to work on, right? So, no, these people need to be the ones that get this money. No. I I, I am so appreciative of, of the job that voice actors do, but that is reaching. And that is, to me, that whole multiple bonus payments and all that, that whole thing, throw that out because that is garbage. Figure out something else that works bonuses totally fine with but as it stands on this proposal it's a joke no these developers and these people that work on it for years deserve the money way more than someone who goes in at max a month to two months and works on this portion of the game and these people have like ton i mean these i mean these games are like worked on for like 3 or 4 years like at a time like it's it's crazy but no that's my biggest problem with it is the fact that it's a flat rate scale and and no not all games fit into that it is not a one-size-fits-all industry that's my step on it again like I said it's um there have been some really good articles I'll link all to those in the show notes Um, so moving on this one was weird because this is actually not what I intended to talk about when I was doing uh, (laughs) notes and and uh, looking for topics to talk about um, there was an article written by Mike Futter on Game Informer that was talking about um, the comments and the way that the new Halo DLC has been received as opposed to the DLC for Evolve. And there are a lot of similarities to what they are doing, but when Evolve came out, um, that the way they handled it before... Uh, which, basically, the way they handled it was it's all cosmetic, which I'm a, a fan of. I, all DLC, all paid-for microtransactions, can't talk to me, And all that stuff was DLC, paid-for DLC, but levels, uh, you know, maps, arenas, all that stuff was free. So when it came out, everybody, it didn't split up the player base, and that's great. And if you wanted to pay to get uh, different costumes and things like that, skins... That's fine. More power to you. You could, but it didn't break the game. I'm a fan of that in general. So Halo is doing a similar thing and it's kind of being praised for what it's doing. And his whole thing was, where was this in February when Evolve came out? And one of the biggest uh, responses to that was that Halo 5, Halo, you know, Halo Guardians is going to be a much more full and rich experience as opposed to what Evolve shipped as. That's kind of the main defense there which I mean I totally understand that's fine. I said all that to say this is because when I read that first article he linked to the second one which was the piece he had written back in February about Evolve. Well then when I went to that article I was reading that one and you brought up an interesting point which I have always actually felt was right and I've never really had an avenue to talk about it like I have because I mean I've had past shows and past it just never came up It it was like I don't know it was always something else going on and things like that so the thing he brought up was that DLC offsets some of the cost for a game company so that they don't have to raise the price of games which is right now at 60, tax you're gonna pay 65, 54. I used to work at GameStop, so that's they used to be burning in my brain. But <laughs> that's a whole other story. But right now it's 60, right? That's the retail price without tax. So people assumed that once this new generation started, that the price would go up. It has so far not. To me, that's a mistake. And to me, it's kind of a foregone conclusion that at some point during this generation, it's going to. I feel like the companies will get a ton of flack for it, but wrongfully so. And well, so so that's where the article got me thinking, and so I was going to talk a little bit about that, because really um, at this point, right, we talk about games. We expect so much, right? We, <laughs> we expect so much from our games now I'm not talking about a game working okay because that is completely different you buy a product whether it costs $10 $40 50 or 100 or a thousand whatever you expect it to work so this is not this is separate from oh my god this game is buggy as hell it's not working it's glitching. My saves are corrupting. I get all that, right? And, and that is a generation of technology that we live in right now. Your game is going to have issues. Nothing is perfect. So I, you can, there are things you can overlook. But when the product doesn't work, it doesn't work, right? So this is separate from that. You should be able to have a working product no matter how much you pay. That said, what we expect, though, is different. We don't we don't just go in when we buy a game now. We don't just actually expect it to just work, like that's not that's not the um, that is not what we hope for in an experience. What we hope for is hours and hours and hours of meaty gameplay that is um, creative. That has an you know an inventive combat that has a new perspective on things that is g- jaw-droppingly gorgeous, um, that is well voice acted as we were referring to earlier. That has gorgeous cutscenes, <laughs> that has. Um, tons of little details in it for you to pick up on that has replayability so not only are we going to finish it but we want to play it again and we want the developers to put something in there that rewards that um, for multiplayer experiences we want them to build um, one, you know great matchmaking services and we want the um, uh, player experience uh, with other people when we're playing in there to be random enough so it's always different but contained enough and secure enough to make sure that you're always having a good solid experience Um, we want so much from games and there's nothing absolutely nothing wrong with that that's not what I'm saying I'm not saying I'm not preaching against that in any way we should we should want things and we should um, always push for more and we shouldn't necessarily settle but We want all that, and then we balk at the thought of paying $10 more for this game. People always like to compare games to movies. And yeah, there's some sort of, I mean, I get that, right? It can be a cinematic experience or whatever. But when you go to the theater and you pay, at this point, it's like $13, $12 for a ticket, right? Just by itself, non-matinee. So you're paying $12 for two hours. Right? So, and pe- now people balk at that, but not not really. I mean, they did when they went up a little bit. And then now, as with everything, people just accept it and they move on. And they go to movies or you don't, right? That's how it is. And I feel like that's how it always is when they raise the price on games. But at this point, if they went to 70 which I think is necessary, right? What If they go to $70, we're still... Still not, like, there's, the value for your money is still not equal. <laughs> Bare bones, if it was a, let's call it a 10-hour game, you're getting 10 hours <laughs> of enjoyment for $70. And if the game rewards you for, like, if it has decent replayability or any kind of multiplayer mode or whatever... You're getting even more than that. But let's just call it a bare bones. 10, 10 hours. Beginning and end. Cool. No DLC. No nothing. $70 for 10 hours of enjoyment. Is not a bad deal. You're still actually coming out ahead. And if it's a really good game. It's twice that in just the amount of enjoyment you've had. Right? So. Like. It boggles my mind. That we get So. Don't pass it on to the con- I hate that argument. Don't pass it on to the consumer. You know what? That whole thing of the consumer is always right is total BS. It always has been. <laughs> it always has been. Maybe it's from, I, and I feel like everyone should work in retail at some point in time, like in their life. Like it should actually be a class, like in school. Like you should have to go work in the service industry to wait on people to deal with mad people to deal with good people and to solve problems you learn all those things and a hundred more working in the service industry right it doesn't matter what kind of service it's just like the service industry in general when you're waiting on people you're solving problems you work in a retail establishment and you will quickly learn that the consumer half the time is completely wrong. And sometimes the consumer has their head so buried in the ground, they literally have no idea what they are talking about. So you learn that they are half the time, but they're not the other half. So throw that out. Like that should be thrown out. So this whole argument of don't pass it on to the consumer, what does the consumer want? Does the consumer want all the things I mentioned before? If so, you need to pay for it. And you need to stop whining and... just Stop it. Stop. Stop. <laughs> not, not necessary. You should pay for it. And it's, it's that simple. Because if you want it... And don't give me the... The indie games do amazing things with limited budgets. And they do things with like a two-people team. But they are different beasts than these huge AAA titles. They're not the same thing. Not saying the experience isn't can't be as rewarding. It can be. I have played indie games and I've gone, oh my god, that is fantastic. I've sat there for hours and hours and played a game, and then I've gone and played a AAA title. Whatever it, those are like two separate arguments. Not every game is like there's not they're not comparable not compare because every game is different no matter if it's triple a or not what i'm saying though is that overall and this goes to indie games too this also goes to mobile titles okay stop whining that a game asks you to pay for it that bothers It's not on I me. Mean, i don't care if it's a mobile title pay something now some don't offer you the chance to pay and I get that. And you can only do what you can do, right? So I'm not I'm not blaming the consumer for everything, but what I am saying is you hear that so much at the first mention of a price increase, you all the all the trolls come out and say, Oh my god, why are you passing this on to me? It's my money, and you know? oh it's not my fault, your budget's bloated, blah blah all that junk. Okay? N- no. That's not the only reason. Are there games that are mismanaged? Absolutely. Are there budgets that are overblown? Yes. Ultimately, that does not affect the premise of what I'm saying, which is that the price should be 70 and if you pay 70 for a game, you're still coming out ahead, so please stop your bitching. It's that the value is so far beyond $70, nonetheless $60, that you should be thanking people that you don't have to pay $100. Because if we got down to brass tacks and got down to like really looking at hours to dollar ratios and junk, um, it's not even close. The Witcher (laughs) should be like a $130 game because that is the amount of content. And yeah, people praise them for putting all this stuff into that $60 game. But if you ask somebody there honestly not not like you know it's just a one-on-one moment should these games be a little more expensive they probably say yes because they should like it's i mean it's just crazy i am amazed that that's why like, i don't have a problem with deluxe editions and collected i have no problem with this if you don't want it don't buy it I get so mad, like, when I see, like, I, I'll see articles that post, and it's like, oh, here's another collector's edition, and whatever, whatever, here's the thing, I've written about collector's editions, right, and I don't, like, but I've written about, like, Tales games, I've written about, um, oh, God, uh, Mortal Kombat had one I was kind of into, and I've bought none. Bought zero. You know the last collector's edition I bought? I want to say it was a Final Fantasy title on the PS2. I want to say. I, I don't even remember. So, I, I don't remember. But I want to say that was the last time I bought one. So, it's not like I go out and buy all of them. But they're there. And if you like them, cool. Great. Like, I don't... I, I God, I just... Some, and this is a whole separate thing. It's the cynicism of the industry that bothers me. But... I don't want to go full on rant today. That wasn't my intent. (laughs) But regardless, I just, I want us to look at this practically and go, we should pay more. And we should pay for these experiences. And we should be happy to. Because they're awesome. And I get it. You are, and, and people will go, well, you write for a site. That means you get copies free and whatever. That is not true. yes. I do get an occasional game for review. I get, I've get, i gotten a few games sent to me, and that's fantastic, and that's great, and I'm appreciative of it, I'm very blessed in that way, but not near all, okay? Let's take this year, for example. The titles that I've been talking about, Witcher, um, Dragon Age, Arkham Knight. I bought all those. I bought a deluxe edition of Dragon Age because I'm just... that's. I will buy anything Dragon Age. <laughs> I'll buy anything Dragon Age. But, like, The Descent, bought it. Right? Bought DLC. Trespasser, gonna buy it. Hakan, haven't bought it yet. I'm just getting around to it. I get it. I can't afford everything I want to play. I want to play NBA 2K16. I don't know when I'm going to be able to play it because uh, I don't got, six, you know, $60. I don't have $80 either. But that difference, it I don't have the money to buy a game. It doesn't matter the amount. I don't have the money, right? <laughs> so it is what it is. I get budgeting. You can't have everything you want. But the stuff that is there, we should be willing to pay for quality stuff. And if you want quality content, stop Like, stop griping that you have to pay $10 more. I feel like next holiday season, they should raise the price. Let the generation breathe a little Let's get some good games. We've already had really good games this year into the next-gen pipeline. Next year will even be more so. The older consoles will start being phased out even more. And at that point in time, everyone's in. Do it. And I will still go and buy my games. Proudly. And yes, it will suck on those certain days when I got to take an extra $10 hit. But you know what? That ten bucks is going to a development team, uh, crap. I mean a whole a whole company full of people that are just trying to make a living, doing something that they love, and I'm supporting them. I'm supporting a, getting another Dragon Age in this console cycle. I'm okay with that. If that's that's it, <sighs> there you go. That's my piece. <laughs> My piece. I just I just wanted to go on record and say that and it and it's something that bothers me. And I would love to hear your thoughts. Look, I, I get it. And everyone's gonna agree with me. In fact, a lot of people aren't, and that's perfectly fine. I would love to hear your thoughts on it. You know, it's it's something I actually do like to debate. So um with that, let's move into some quick hits. Um, because those two topics pretty much took all my ranting, and I'm sure you don't want to hear me rant anymore. Um <laughs> so uh stuff I've been playing. Oh wait, 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 okay. Before we get into that, before we get into the games been playing. Um, GameTyrant.com, we have our own Extra Life team. Uh if you follow me on Twitter for a while or any of my other podcasts or things like that, you know I've I've been participating in Extra Life for a while. Um it's a great cause we support. It's it well. It supports, um, like I started it. It's it supports, uh, children's hospitals and uh, kids finding cancer and all kinds of diseases. And these hospitals pay for these um, bills and these treatments and things, even when the families can't. And the only way they're able to do that is with. Um, Great drives like this. So on November 7th everyone who's involved and even if you weren't able to give or anything like that Feel free to hop online. We're all going to be playing games all day in an effort to raise money um, You can go and join the team now um, Even if you can't donate anything, um, you know spread the word uh, spread it to your friends coworkers families whatever um, that we're raising money for this great cause uh, join the team get the word out if you can donate doesn't matter what it is a dollar five ten a uh, hundred great fantastic but if it's a dollar please go ahead and donate it it's a great cause and it doesn't matter the amount it just matters that you cared enough to give so um, thank you so much uh, go to game tyrant for tykes is our team name uh, if you'll go to extra life.org Uh, you can go ahead and uh, join our team there. Also, we posted a uh, well, I posted a a, I posted a post about it, really. (laughs) (laughs) wrote a post about it um, on GameTyrant.com so you can go ahead and head over there and uh, I've got a link in there and everything tells you a little bit about it. Uh, So we'd love to have you on the team and uh, hoping to see you and play some games on November 7th. Um, So let's get into some games right? Because we talked about stuff. Um, Right now, and I'm fighting not doing it while I'm recording, right? Because, speaking of mobile games, <laughs> um, I cannot, I've gotten my whole office now, it's like, I've. it's contagious, I've gotten them all hooked on WWE Supercard. And, <laughs> it's like, uh, no game, like, the I talked about Superstar Showdown, uh, the board game that came out from Gale Force 9, and how it took all the elements of wrestling and put them into this board game, and and just like did it in such a great way and it's just so easy to pick up a play and it's fantastic, right? This does that for mobile and cards. And it's it's a great I mean at its at its base it's a you know a deck building card game. Um, you know, all your cards have stats and you can level those cards up and combine those with the same card and then level them up and, and everybody's stats are different depending on the wrestler's attributes and depending on the wrestler's actual skills in real life. Um, also what's cool is that they, it, it's the production values in this game that sell it. You know, these cards like come down the ramp and they're like walking around, they do their little entrance stuff and there's like, you know, pyro and all the Crowd is going and these cards are walking down the right? It's ludicrous to describe, right? And it's ludicrous to see it for the first time. And then they get into the ring and they wrestle, and it's just the tag teams match. The thing is, though, right? It actually does reward if you pay attention to wrestling, like and like you watch it and keep up with it on a regular basis, because you kind of know what teams go with, you know, what wrestlers can work well with other wrestlers, and and if you are able to pair them together, um, there's like these little symbols. Uh, on the edges of the card, if you can, you know, get a good tag team working together, you get bonuses, and they they do like an event weekly, and they, they actually recently introduced like a cage match mechanic, and it's 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 just a ball, right? It's stupid fun. I'm a big WWE fan anyway, so it's just hook, line, and sinker. I already have a, like a problem when. It comes to being addicted to card, like opening packs of cards. Is something I used to do like all the time when I was growing up. Whether it be comic cards or sports cards or whatever, I still have that itch. So, any game that has a mechanic sort of, kind of like that, yeah, I'm, it's, I'm done, right. Um, so anyway, you can download that. It's on uh, iOS and Android and everything like that. Um, my only qualm with it so far is that there's no, they haven't really. Introduce any kind of way to, like, have your friends involved anyway. So, like, right now, like, in in Season 2, you can see your friends, but only if they're on certain networks. And it doesn't really benefit you or negatively affect you in any way. In fact, it doesn't even show up half the time. So, like, I don't understand, one, like, I want something to be there, I just don't know necessarily what, but right now there's like nothing. <laughs> so like, I, I, it would be cool to have your friends be able to aid you or help you in some way. I don't, you know, not necessarily like, oh, he sent me a cupcake or he sent me energy or whatever, and I, you know, but I, uh, some beneficial way to like have some kind of friend interaction, I don't know. Or even if you were able to just play against your friends in different types of matches, set up like a, you know, it'd be cool if you and your friend could go into basically like a private match And have, like, set up a card, you know, set up a Knight of Champions or set up a WrestleMania and have, you know, a six or seven match card and you be able to put your best cards, you know, from your deck in there and actually put your decks up against each other like that. That would be really cool. There's nothing like that right now. So I don't know if that's coming down the pike or what, but anyway, that's my only qualm with the game. Otherwise, I've spent way too much time. At this point, I probably played like over like 3,000 matches. It's bad. It's it's bad. It's an addiction. Um, So let's put it this way. I sat on my couch today for like half an hour and played this game when I have a PS4 and a computer in the other room right like it makes no sense um, so yeah so uh, other than that uh, I've been playing another game that I'm actually reviewing um, but I haven't finished it yet so I have just uh, started a little bit it's called uh, Calvino Noir um, it's it's actually out for PS4 and PC um, but I have it on the PC and I've been playing that it's actually really cool um, if you like stealth games and if you love Because this is one of the games where, like, the gameplay is pretty basic, but the way it's presented is is what makes it, right? Because it's very... I mean, it's it's all, like, Humphrey Bogart, old school. It's, like, all these black and grays. Um, It's a 2D um, stealth game. But what's cool about this is that you can do cover, and you can... You can either walk or run. You can use your flashlight. You have stuff like that. But it is not Twitch at all. This is not a Twitch game. So even with a controller, I'm playing on a keyboard and mouse. But even with a controller, this is not really a, a game like uh, Mark of the Ninja or something like that where there's more Twitch mechanics involved with it. You can run and walk and you can knock out guards. But you have to really like plan a couple steps ahead and really think out your plan methodically because it's like when you're running, you know, guards hear you and the bar fills up pretty quick. So you have to kind of be very slow in your walk. Like he walks kind of slow and each person that you can take control of has different abilities and that's fine. But um, when you're walking, like you really have to kind of plan about four or five steps ahead to stand the chance. Um, and it's something I appreciated about the game, you know. So this is a good thing. But um, I'll play a little bit more and uh, kind of let you know, you know, my final thoughts on the game as I get a little more time with it. If anyone listens to like DLC uh, with Jeff Canada and uh, Christian Spicer, it's like one of my favorite podcasts. And if you don't listen to it, you should because it's great. Um, but Jeff always jokes about like Heroes of the Storm, and like people get sick of hearing that. I feel like people over time will probably get sick of me talking about Dragon Age, because that's kind of how I am with the series. Um, So I started my second playthrough, because I finished the first one. It was fantastic. Loved it. Played a rogue. and this one, I'm playing a uh, double, uh, like a heavy warrior, basically. So, like, double-handed weapon, Um, you know, that kind of thing. Awesome. Loving it so far. I started, because I bought the Descent DLC, like, uh, when it first came out, right? But I was so early on in my second playthrough that I didn't want to do it yet because I wanted to do some other things, right? And I, I thought it scaled. I, I must have been wrong. Because <laughs> I, I tried that last night. And, like, the first enemy is, like, an ogre. And that's not really a spoiler. Because it literally, I mean, I'm, I swear, you walk down the path and it's the first thing you see. And it's the first thing you have to fight. And this thing is a beast. Like... And I was so excited for this. It. It oh man, it's an ogre. Like, you know, flashbacks to Dragon Age Origins. And I was like, oh man, it's awesome. And I got lit. So I've gotten lit in this game before. Typically, it happens when I'm not paying attention or when I'm not planning you know, I'm just like approaching it like any other fight. So I go in and I basically get a little cocky and I'm not doing all the things I probably should do. And I'm playing real well. I'm not taking control of anybody else. I'm not being strategic in any way possible and I die. And so a lot of those times I go, like, oh, okay, well I'll pay attention this time. <laughs> and that did not help. <laughs> I lasted about two minutes longer the next time. So like, okay. So then I played it again and I lasted a really long time that time and then I still died. So the fourth time and the fifth time I got just licked and I went, okay, I'm done. So, the good news is, that's like a whole area, like, so you can, it's basically like any other area, it's not like a, where it locks you into where you have to complete it, and you can only do that, it's like a whole just little area, so like, you can go back to Skyhold, and and get your stuff together, and then go back if you want or whatever, so I was like, well, my, so I was like, well, let me go do something I can do, so I went to the Hissing Ways, because I had just unlocked it on my, and on my first playthrough, it was one of the last areas I went to, so at that point, I was kind of ready to just like move on with the story, and I just unlocked it because I needed to, and I never really bothered with much of it. So in this one, I was like, oh, let me tackle that area more this time because I want to focus on something I didn't do, and I got my butt handed to me again in like the first um friggin uh, rift. Like I went to go close it, and I got just and it was it was different though, completely different. Not a big guy. It was all these little, those stupid. There's like these little frost rays. And they, they cackle, and then they hit you with, like, ice, and then they run away. And I hate – I hate them. <laughs> I hate them so much. They freeze you, and then as soon as you get close, you get, like, one hit in, and then they run away again. And at least now I'm a Templar, like, is my specialization. So at least now, like, I can get rid of the barriers and stuff. But before, I could not, and that bothered me, and it still bothered me. So I was getting pecked at by, like, eight dudes, and I finally just died. I died, like, twice – So then finally, it was like, my ego had taken a hit. I went back to Skyhold. (laughs) I was like, look, I gotta end the night on a good note. So I went to the I I went to the Hinterlands, which is like the easy, it's like the first area you're in. And basically, I just needed a victory, right? So I went and found like some little quest and went and killed some people and I just like, I went back to Skyhold at the end. I was like, okay, I ended on a victory. (laughs) Because, sad. So yeah, so anyway, that's been interesting. Um, only other th- real thing I've been playing is uh, Rainbow Six, uh, I've been playing the Siege beta, and I haven't gotten a ton of time in, I got a lot of time in like the first night, and it was actually really, they brought the strategy back to this game, now I have not been able to play Terrorist Hunt, and that mode has since been added, so it's actually ends this weekend, so I'm hoping to play some more over the weekend, but um, But so far what i have played this game went from being completely off my radar i enjoyed the previous ones but i missed the strategic aspects you know in like vegas and so this one was like you know the fact that you can reinforce doors and reinforce walls and like add shock to those walls so that way someone tries to hit it from the other side like they get shocked. you can do barbed wire you can do jammers so you can um, go ahead and like jam the communications of people that are nearby um, Like it's there's so much stuff that you can do just in attack and defend and and it actually made um, Bomb diffusing kind of fun because I never Like I never liked those modes in like Call of Duty or Battlefield or anything like those like defuse the bomb and defend the thing I never I just couldn't care less in this one It really made it feel like I had a shot like it wasn't just gonna devolve into a free-for-all everyone runs it with twinies and shoots people and that's what it always felt like before anyway like it always felt like that like eventually people are just gonna run around and just spray at you and no matter how much time you put into like your defenses ultimately it wasn't gonna matter and that's how it always felt so in this game it doesn't feel that way it actually feels like if you plan out correctly and you guys act as a team and even these people who i just joined they were awesome I didn't even have a headset, and they were still helping me, like, direct me, and like, hey, man, hey, how about you come in here with me, and let's uh, let's hold down here, and let's do this, they were awesome, so, it it went from being completely off my radar, to being something I might pick up, with my $60, and be happy that I picked it up, <laughs> $60, wait a minute, full circle um but i think that's pretty much it for me i don't want to prattle on too long so um we'll be back next week um this show will be available on itunes of course you can come to the website chasinggeek.com um and listen to them here grab them here um i'm gonna aim to have them on google play um and we'll be doing this weekly and uh hopefully um you enjoyed the time here so until next time peace